0: And remember, quoting is for the week. This is the Millionaire Insurance Producer Podcast. What's up, Permission Nation? My name is Charles Speck, the host of Millionaire Insurance Producer, and I am so excited to have you here with us for this fourth episode, number four. Today, we're going to be talking about quoting. Man, I love quoting. Quoting is good so long as it's the right kind of quoting. Here's what we're going to talk about today. Do these three things if you're going to offer quotes. If you can't get these three things, do not quote. Hmm, I wonder what those three are. They're going to be very important, and if you can do these three things, you are going to be well on your way to building your book of business to a $1 million or more threshold. I want to tell you that the... The producers who are very professional, who have a very strong, solid, consistent, robust book of business are those producers who do these three things. And it does require – it requires some guts, frankly – It requires that you man up, that you woman up, that you actually do what you need to do to ask for the business, to not simply just fall over, to roll over, and just say, I'm going to go through the quoting process and throw mud against the wall to see what sticks. No, we're actually going to be professional about it. These three things, if you can do these three things, you are going to be better positioned in the marketplace. So as many of you know, I not only help and train and prospect and sell and get more uh, new clients. But the other aspect to my consulting company is something that I've been doing now for about 10 years. It is something that right now in 2020, as well as into the future, I am going to be significantly increasing how I do, this, how I do that side of my consulting practice. I'm so excited. But that consulting practice is constructive risk. Constructive risk exists to help insurance buyers lower their insurance premiums. I, as even as an insurance agency owner, Permission Network Insurance Agency Inc., um, I do not represent any insurance carriers. I have no employees, no producers. I have no policyholders. I don't offer quotes. I don't service. We don't actually sell insurance. I don't do anything like that. It is a boutique. Consulting company, when I say boutique, it's just me. I have some assistants and different contractors who help me with different things, but frankly, I don't sell insurance any longer. I did that for 10 years. Now, as a consultant, insurance buyers hire me to give them unbiased advice, to help them manage their insurance renewal process, to work with the incumbent agent, to introduce competition into the process, to make sure that each of the agents or just the incurrent agent are going to the right marketplaces. Uh, to make sure that they are putting together the most, uh, the best submission possible so that they can be adequately represented in the marketplace. Um, If there's going to be multiple multiple agents involved, I assign markets based upon who has the stronger relationship. And for example, if somebody was going to access travelers, why should I give them travelers versus another one of the agents? Or if somebody wants Cincinnati or Liberty Mutual, whatever it is, why should they be given Liberty Mutual? There has to be a reason for it. And so I work through the entire process. I then make sure that the insurance agents are doing the right things, that they're not you know, uh, attaching funny, strange broker fees in various places and not telling the insured, which is a major no-no. And uh, basically, at the end of the process, I give the insured three things. I help them save a tremendous amount of time. They don't have to deal with the situation. They don't have to deal with the agents. They don't have to meet with the agents. I put together all of this for them so that I can put it together and package it and so that they can actually see what the quotes are. So they, when they actually sit down and have conversations with the agents, Um, they already know what services are provided, who's going to be doing what, what the proposals are, what carriers and so forth. So I save them a ton of time. I also save them a ton of money because typically on average, uh, my consulting practice saves an insurance buyer anywhere from about 11 to 17% on their annual insurance costs based upon not having me as your agent. So a construction company or a business owner hires me to actually manage it. They're going to save about eleven to seventeen percent. Um, so far, by me doing what I do for insurance buyers, the most that I have ever saved a company up to this point is fifty-five percent. Fifty-five percent. That's what I. That's my bragging statement at this moment. If it ever gets to fifty-seven percent, I'll start using fifty-seven. But right now, it's fifty-five percent. I help insurance buyers lower their overall annual insurance costs by upwards of fifty-five percent each year that's what I do. The issue now, as we start talking about insurance agents, is that when I'm working with insurance agents, it's amazing, frankly, how many of y'all, and I say y'all loosely because I was an insurance agent for 10 years, and you know, I didn't really understand these things, um, and I didn't do it very, very well. And so I have learned over the course of time, having been a consultant, but back when I was an insurance agent, I probably didn't do this very well. But... When we go through a quoting process, we don't actually dictate any terms with the insured, with the prospect. In other words, we don't establish the rules of the game. Can you imagine playing frozen tag with you know all the kids in the neighborhood? When you were a little kid, you're playing frozen tag, and nobody actually knows the rules, and people are just running around, and and some people are trying to be it, and some people aren't being it, and some people are being tagged, and when they get tagged, they just keep running. No, I mean, that wouldn't be any fun. You have to have rules. There has to be rules to the game. And frankly, the same thing takes place with rules of the insurance game as well. I don't have any problem with quoting. Quoting actually works. Quoting is going to get you business. What I have a problem with is the blind, foolish quoting of throwing mud against the wall to see what sticks. It doesn't help anyone. It does not help the insured. It does not help the underwriter. It does not help you as the agent. It is a frustrating process to just go through a blind quoting process. And so... Where, as being a consultant, it's amazing to me how many times I deal with insurance agents who, once they realize they have to work with me, uh, they never even ask to, to talk to the insured. They never ask to you know, have a meeting with the insured. Um, they never dictate any rules to the game. And for the most part, they never even really ask for any markets that they want. That is kind of the norm. I hope that's not you. That's kind of the norm. I'm telling you that there is a better way in which to position yourself. Again, we're talking about positioning. Everything in the sales process is positioning. You know what I haven't done much that I need to do a whole lot more even in my own like personal life or my family. By the way, I'm married. I've got 5 kids and we need to invest more in stocks. So I have a number of different like you know, I've got the 401k, I've got some retirement plans and so forth, but I need to actually invest more in stocks. The stock market is kind of cool. You know what thing about stocks is that they go up and down? They go up and down every single day. In fact, they go up and down multiple times in a day. They're just constantly going up. The stock price is going up, it's going down, and it's fluctuating. What's it fluctuating based upon? Well, essentially, there's just a whole lot of stuff that's happening behind the scenes that you're not aware of, necessarily. Stuff that has nothing to do with you. People who you have never met, never heard about, they're doing things, they're selling products, they're saying things, um, and it is impacting the the stock price. I first became accustomed to the positioning of stock price back when I worked as a broker in the second agency I was with. I was working with an association, actually a steel, the Steel Framing Association, in which I was the endorsed agent of. We put together an insurance program. We had a program for uh, the builder's risk, and then we also put together a program on the general liability side. And someone from the association put out a press release. And it impacted the stock price. The stock price of the agency actually went up. And I had somebody from our corporate office contact me and want to know more about you know, about the press release and so forth. And I was like, "What are you talking about?" Like, yeah, you know, this went out, and you know, we just want to make sure that when you know the president of the uh, of the agency, you know, is doing uh, different interviews and so forth, that he is able to answer the questions that come at him. And so this is, you know, it was put out, and he'll probably be ans- asked about. It. And I thought oh, man, <laughs> I'm going to get fired. I thought I'm going to get fired. I have no idea that this actually the stuff, but it does. It significantly can impact. It was a positive thing, by the way. It was great. Uh, but it impacts stock price. Stock price is just taken place, going up and down. You know what? You have a stock price with the insured. Let me say it again. You have a stock price with your prospects. It's going up and down. Based upon a lot of circumstances that not only you do directly, but also based upon what's happening behind the scenes in the insured's mind. What is the incumbent agent doing that is either solidifying or weakening his or her relationship with the, with the insured? If the, ins- if the incumbent agent is strengthening their relationship with the prospect, yours is weakening your stock price is going down. If there's, say, for example, it's not only the incumbent and you, but let's say another agent is brought in, and that agent is doing a great job. That agent has a tremendous timeline of services. That agent's stock price is going up, which means your stock price is going down, and you don't even know about it. There's a lot of things that are happening behind the scenes that you have literally zero knowledge about, but it is either strengthening or weakening your position in the marketplace. And Let me just tell you, obviously, I think from being an insurance agent for 10 years, I knew that this kind of stuff was there, but I'm just telling you, I never really thought about it. And how important it is. Becoming a consultant with the insurance buyer has really taught me a lot. Having been able to sit now on that side of the table with the insured to kind of figure out what's going through their mind and how they're coming up with you know, ideas and decisions and their decision-making process, it, it has really been opening, eye-opening, an eye-opening experience. And as I began to just kind of filter through all of that along with my own experience and then realizing how a lot of the agents that I'm working with, how they're missing the boat or actually maybe even doing a good job, it has significantly increased or decreased their stock price. In other words, their positioning, their ability to win the insured's business is going up or down based upon positioning. If you're going to go through a quoting process, There are three things that I think that you need to do in order to better position yourself so that at the end of the process, the insured will say, yes, I would like to do business with you based upon this particular proposal. Okay? If you don't do these three things, I would give you a huge warning. Warning, warning, this is it. If you don't do these three things, I would probably tell you, don't go through the quoting process. If you do these three things, if you get these three things, you're going to be a very strong position. I would say more than likely go through these. If you don't get these three things, you need to pause. Otherwise, you're just going to get rolled. You're not going to win the business. What are these three things? Well, remember, when you meet with the insured in that first appointment, you should be spending a lot of time building rapport, getting them to know, like, and trust you. Finding out a whole lot of problems about their industry, their business, what's going on in their insurance plan with the carriers, the servicing staff, the producer, uncovering a whole lot of problems, and then going through your timeline of services, showing them the solutions that you have to offer, and then you come to the point in which now you start to ask, okay? Let's say you ask for the broker of record letter and they say no, all right? Maybe they just say no. You know what? Frankly, some people are just loyal. It's great. I'm glad that insurance buyers are loyal. I mean, don't you want a loyal client? Absolutely you do. You don't want a, a client who's just going to like turn over and sign a broker of record letter to anybody who comes and asks for it. So yeah, absolutely. Insurance buyers might just say, no, I'm not going to give it to you yet. I don't know you enough yet. I want to see something. I want to see like a service. I want to talk to some people, right? I want to think about it. It's great. Absolutely. They might not offer it to you or maybe they're with a direct writer that you can't represent or they're with maybe a a carrier in which your agency is just not appointed with. Maybe the insurance carrier, you're appointed with them, they just don't accept broker of record letters. It's amazing how often that happens in PNC. It's a beautiful thing on the employee benefit side. Everybody has access to those carriers. And frankly, wow, it's a beautiful thing because even the EB agents, they get paid the next month on something they take over by a broker of record letter. Beautiful thing on the employee benefit side, but on the PNC side, much difficult much more difficult. So let's say you can't get the broker of record letter on the current policies or the insured is just not willing to give it. And so the only way then that you are going to be able to get that account, if you will, is to go through a quoting process. Okay. So let's make sure that you are positioning yourself. I'm worried about your stock price. I want your stock price to go through the roof to the point in which you win the business. And so here are the three things. Count them up. Listen up. These are the three things that you need to do. And if you do these three things, you are much more likely to win the business at the end of the process rather than lose. Why are these important? Well, remember the statistic. 92% of the time, the incumbent agent keeps their client. 92% 92% of the time, whoever's the current agent now is going to be the agent on it when it comes up for renewal, right? You maintain your clients most of the time, and so does everybody else. Why? Because they have a better position. They have stronger positioning, a better relationship. Here are the three things. If you're going to go through a courting process, these are the three things you can do so that the incumbent doesn't have a 92%. Maybe you can drop them down to 43%. What if you can get the incumbent agent to drop down to 43% to win? That your positioning has gone up dramatically, These are the three things you want. If you can get these three things, you're going to be in a strong position. Number one, if you're going to go through a quoting process, you need to make sure that the insured is going to give you exclusive and complete access to each of the carriers that you want, that you know you need in order to be competitive. Again, they need, the insured needs to be able to give you exclusive access to represent the carriers that you know you need to represent in order to be competitive from a price or coverage standpoint. You got to have access to the carriers. They have to say, yes, you can have access to that particular insurance carrier. If you know that that's the the competitive one that you need and they tell you no, you're not going to win the business. Walk away. This ain't your year, buddy. This isn't the time to quote they got to give you access to the carrier that you know you need in order to win the business. And so this is why being micro-niched is very important, because you're already going to know which insurance carriers are the ones who are competitive. If you're a generalist, this is impossible for you to know. By the way, on your timeline of services, these carriers should be listed in order of preference on your timeline so that you can tell the insured, you're a plumbing subcontractor, Mr. Insured. And these are the carriers in the state right now who are writing plumbing subcontractors. And I have put these in the order in which I feel that they are most competitive. And these are the order in which I'm going to represent them. And so you need to be able to go down and say, I want this one, and this one, and this one, and this one, and this one. But if you're a generalist and you're just out there like writing, you know, trying to prospect on this and prospect on this, you just literally can't know the marketplace. So you need to be able to be given access to the markets you want. If the insured will not give you access to those carriers that you know you need, I tell you, do not quote, walk away. Don't waste your time. You are not going to win this. Because look, if you know that those carriers are the ones that are going to be most competitive, and the insured says, no, I'm just going to give those to my current agent, there ain't no way you're going to win this business. No way. Do not go through that process. But you know what? Again, insurance agents are playing the chicken business, not the insurance business. They're just winging it. They're just winging it. They're just throwing mud against the wall. They're mudslingers. They're not pros. They are amateurs. They're just putting together submissions, throwing it out to the marketplace and just kind of you know, saying their prayers, crossing their fingers and hoping for the best. And even if you do get access to that particular market, and then many times the incumbent agent's going to go back to their insurance and say, hey, I don't know what happened exactly here, but you know what? I put together my submission. We sent it out to the marketplace. And lo and behold, some other agents gone in there and actually like stopped. They stopped the whole process. They have blocked me out. I can't even get a quote from the carriers that I want to represent for you. What's going on here? Can I have a signature on a piece of paper so that I get this, this carrier back so I can represent? And they're almost automatically going to sign it for the incumbent agent. Why? Because you didn't go through the process. You didn't ask for the business. You just threw mud against the wall. There's no rapport. You have no position. Your stock price is low. So you need to get access to the carriers you need in order to be competitive. Again, if they're not going to give those to you, frankly, there's no way you're going to be able to compete on price. There's probably no way you're going to be able to compete on terms and conditions, on coverages, exclusions. It is so unlikely you're going to win that business. If you can't get Exclusive access to represent the carriers you want. I say walk away. And what do I mean by exclusive access? I mean not just a little sort of general conversation you're having with the insurance saying, "Hey, you know, would you would you mind letting me?" you know, just kind of go to the marketplace and submit your account and, you know, I'd like to kind of just work with some of the carriers that I want. No, I mean, you need to be like really specific about which insurance carriers you're going to represent. I'm going to go to Travelers, I'm going to go to Chubb, I'm going to go to Zurich, I'm going to go to Hartford, I'm going to go to Cincinnati, and you list those down, right? And again, we're going to talk about how we're going to remind the insured of all these things, but we'll talk about that in a minute. Right now, we're just saying you need to secure those.
1: Did you hear that virtual intelligence and on-hand VAs actually merged? That's right, I was talking to Michael Cruz and checking out what he has there with his Colombian workers and I said to him, "Dude."
0: I would encourage you then to even have blank broker of record letters there with those carriers that are on there so that they sign those and give you exclusive access just in case the incumbent has already gone to the marketplace or just in case the incumbent will eventually submit that to the marketplace before you have a chance to get the loss runs and the application and so forth figured out. You wanna have the ability to access those because if in the time that you're meeting with the insured and before you have the full submission ready, if the incumbent agent goes and secures those markets, you're, you're in a bad spot. You're in a bad spot. So I'm just telling you, you need to do what you can to get the insured to buy in to give you the carriers you want access to. If the insured says no, I tell you, don't quote. That's the end of the process right there for that year. I'm not saying sever the relationship. I'm not saying burn a bridge. I'm just saying it would be best for you to ethically back out of the process. Right now, you would just be muddying the waters. You'd be hurting the insured's ability to get a quote. And and let me just also tell you this. Remember how I said maybe a couple episodes ago that I actually feel it's fairly unethical, sort of quasi-unethical to actually go through a quoting process with multiple agents? Here's why. Because underwriters are human beings too you believe that? Uh, underwriters are human beings. And they also have to meet their numbers monthly. They have to write a certain amount of premium, monthly and quarterly. They have to make their numbers. They have to have you know, a certain loss ratio percentage in order to achieve their bonuses. Okay, So basically, underwriters are looking for good business to write. They're not looking to write anything. And because they might receive potentially hundreds of submissions every single month Right? I mean, think about your average middle market underwriter. Like, how many submissions do they receive from all the various carriers around the state? A lot. And so they have to pick and choose. They have to pick and choose. Now, if, if they receive multiple submissions on a particular account, they're less likely to choose to work on that account. They realize that the opportunity there, that their their percentage, their stock price has gone down dramatically from being able to write that business because it appears the insured doesn't really have any kind of loyalty. They're just out there going through the the process, it's just price, price price. there's no relationship there. And so the underwriter's probably probably going to take your submission and just tuck it neatly underneath their stack, or they might just send you a declination saying, "Sorry, we we can't compete on this particular account." Um, thanks, I have to pursue other options, whatever it is. They're just going to tell you no. And so, because of that, you actually hinder the insured's ability to actually get a quote because you sent your submission to a carrier who's already received a submission. You literally do. You hurt the insured's ability, or I'll put it this way. The insured has hurt their own ability to get quotes because they have multiple agents involved. I truly believe that is in the insured's best interest. It's in my client's best interest to work with one agent. I can introduce competition in this situation. I can introduce competition to keep the incumbent's feet to the fire to make sure that they do exactly what we want them to do, but it doesn't help to get multiple agents involved. All it does is increase the amount of work. So you better get access to the carriers you want. Number two. The second thing is here, we need to get very precise about the percentage of savings that we need to save the insured in order to be, listen up, in order to be guaranteed the business. We have to get very clear with the insured on an actual dollar amount or a percentage on what you need to achieve in order to be guaranteed the business. Here's the problem is that most insurance buyers, your prospects, just say, you know what, just save me some money. Just save me some money, I'll do business with you. No, they won't. No, they won't. They're just telling you that because they don't know what else to say. They don't understand insurance. Remember, they've got the insurance mentality of a 4-year-old child. All they understand is money. They just understand by looking at the bottom of it. Okay, this one costs hundred grand. This one costs $102,000. This one costs $94,000. I like the $94,000 one. That's all they know. And so they're not going to tell you, I want a better asbestos exclusion. I want a, I want a better subsidence exclusion. If you can give me a better subsidence exclusion, I'd be happy to do business with you. They don't, they don't know anything about insurance. They don't understand that maybe one insurance carrier uh, processes the claims themselves, does it internally, whereas another one hires a, a third-party administrator to process the claims. They don't understand that maybe one insurance carrier puts higher reserves on their claims for workers' compensation, which actually then hinders or hurts the insured's ability to maintain a lower XMOD. They don't understand how those things work. And so it's our responsibility to be able to show that. So the insurer's just going to say, I want to save some money. Save me some money. I'll give you the business. Nope. Nope. I'll say something like this. Okay, great. I appreciate being able to save you some money. So if I can save you 1%, if I'm 1% less expensive than your current agent and all the other agents, will you guarantee me the business? At that moment, if my quote is 1% less expensive, will you agree right now with me that you will fire your current agent and hire me because I'm 1% less expensive? (laughs) Yeah, you know, they're probably going to say, no, I'm not going to do that for 1%. Okay. And I will probably ask it a little bit differently, maybe a little bit more tactfully, but that's really the heart of the issue is that no, the insured hasn't thought about it. They haven't thought really about what they need, what you need to accomplish in order to, for them to give you the business. Because they don't know what to expect and they haven't really thought about having that hard conversation with Bob, their insurance agent, for the last four years that they're going to fire Bob. And so I just need to get clear. You know, they might say, well, gosh, you know, okay, no, I'm not going to do it for 1%. You know, I guess, you know, I would probably need, you know, now that you're really kind of making me think about it, like 20%. I need, I need to be saving 20%. I'm like, oh, wow, 20%. That's a lot of, a lot of money. Um, I'll probably say it like this. You know, twenty percent—that's a lot. You know, you're paying a hundred thousand dollars for your insurance. Twenty percent is twenty thousand dollars. I mean, I'm not saying that it couldn't happen. It's just that's a lot. And you know, the prices tech uh, right now—you know—tend to be increasing a little bit across the board. I don't know. I don't think I can do twenty percent. I mean, that's that is a very big number. Tell you what, I mean, 5%, 5% is a significant amount of money. That's $5,000 per year. I mean, you compound that over the course of a four- or five-year period, that's technically a twenty to $25,000 savings that you're going to receive over the course of time with much better service across the board. I'm going to be shooting for more than 20%, but how about 5%? They might say, well, you know, 5% is still too low. Okay. I want you to come to a point. You guys got to come to an agreement here. We need to figure out what are the, what are the, what are the rules to play the game. I would tell you that usually the insured's going to probably land somewhere between 5 and 10%. Say, so, okay, look, you know, 10% still kind of high. How about 7%? I mean, if I'm 7% expense, uh, less expensive, that's a significant amount of money, right? So we need to come up with that number because, again, if they just say, oh, I just want to save some money, they're going to forget that later. We're going to have to remind them about They're just going to forget that. And no doubt there's been plenty of times that you, because it's also happened to me plenty of times being a broker, um where you have been less expensive and didn't get the business maybe even a lot i had a i had a client um an insurance agent she is a fairly new insurance agent from a producer standpoint she'd been an account manager for a number of years was transitioning into the production side she met with this contractor it was actually a pretty large contractor and uh just the contractor wasn't with a very good in, current agent and just wasn't with the right carrier Um, she met with the the, contractor. The contractor was like, you know what? I just want to save me money. You know, just you save me money. I will do business with you, right? And so she's like, great, you know, and she failed to tell me about this. Otherwise, I would have pushed her on it. But she went through the process. She offered a quote. She was something like almost 50% less expensive on the workers' compensation. And guess what? She didn't get it. She didn't get it. Nearly 50% less expensive and didn't get it. Why? Isn't that rude? I mean, come on. The insured should have done it. Hey, the insured doesn't have to do anything the insured doesn't want to do. The insured does not have any kind of a verbal contract with you. If you just went through the process and didn't come up with any number, they can do whatever they want. They're not forcing you to offer quotes. You're going through the process yourself, right? I mean, if you're going to make a foolish decision and go through a quote, you know, burn your r- relationship with the underwriters, get 50% under, and not get the business, that's your own fault. It's not the insured's fault. The insurers out there are just trying to save money. They're just trying to figure out the whole process themselves. And so they can do anything they want if you don't come up with a firm number. And so I'm telling you, come up with a, pre- a precise number that you guys can agree on, that if you're 7% less expensive, they will agree to not do business with the incumbent, but they'll do business with you. That's the second thing. The third thing is that there can't be any last looks. There can't be any last looks. Significantly, there can't be any last look that the incumbent agent gets to go back to their underwriter and see if there's a little bit more they can do. Let me just tell you again, the insurance buyer, for the most part, doesn't realize that that's kind of rude. They don't get it. I was amazed that my average consulting client didn't realize that how rude that was. Uh, because, again, they don't realize you know how much time you're spending putting together quotes. And they don't realize how wrong it is or how rude it is to take your quote and give it back to Bob, their other agent, and say, Hey, Bob, I got this quote. What can you do? Oh, great, Bob. Bob can knock down his quote by another 13%. Awesome. Okay, this worked out really well. They don't realize how rude that is. They don't even think about it. So we have to be able to dictate terms with the insured that... The company agent's not going to get a last look. You're not going to get a last look. Other agents aren't going to get a last look. Everybody comes in with their best rate up front. And then whoever comes in with that best rate, that's the person who's going to get the business. And then you can, as I go through your timeline of services, you can dictate or explain to them how you're going to renegotiate with them. But everybody has to come in with their best rate. Otherwise, you know, it's just a free-for-all, and you're not in a very strong position there. You've got a weak stock price. So I might, I might bring this up this way, okay? This is my, how I would introduce it. You know, uh, Bob, I really appreciate the opportunity to go through this quoting process, and we've gone through these first two issues, and I think it's pretty positive, but, but here's what I know about the insurance business, and sometimes this could be wrong. Look, as, as your current agent and myself, and if any other agents are involved, when we go out and get our quotes, it would be wrong for me to receive whatever quote your current agent gets, for me to receive a copy of their quote, and then to go back and try and just get 7% under it. That would be wrong of me to do that. And so I would ask that when we go through this quoting process that you don't share your current agent's quotes with me or any other of of the agent's quotes with me. And in the same respect, I would ask that you would please not and agree not to give my quotes to the incumbent agent or any other agents that we all come in with our best numbers up front. And that if I'm 7% less expensive based upon everybody coming in with their numbers and nobody getting a last look to go back and try and rework or anything like that, if if we can all agree to that, then I'd be willing to go to the next step. Look, if the insured gives you the first two, gives you the carriers you want, even tells you what percentage, let's say they say, you know, you got to be 7% less expensive. But if the incumbent agent gets a last look, it's unlikely you're going to win that business. No way. I mean, this is why the, insurance, why the incumbent agent has a 92% retention rate. It's because they have the ability to go back to their own underwriter and say, Hey, look, Jane, you know, I really appreciate this quote that you did for us. I want to tell you I've got some competition here. Another agent came in. They're 9% less expensive than us. You know, I'm, I'm hoping that you've got some room there. Can you drop it down by 9%? Let me also just tell you the average underwriter out there by the way isn't really necessarily on your side when it comes to bringing the absolute lowest price because they're trying just to be profitable themselves. And so I would typically tell you that there's usually about a 10% or so cushion on the premium. So long as it's not a minimum, you know, premium or you know like personal auto or something like that. There's typically about a 10% cushion there that you know, they are pricing it higher, hoping that they're going to get the business, and that way it's, it's helping them in their loss ratio, right? So the underwriter usually has room to be able to come down. And let's say, for example, that, you know what, another agent comes in, oh, they're 14% less expensive. Jane, we need, to, we need to drop down to 14%. Can you get there? Jane might say, you know what, I can give you 10%. If you can, you know, if you can, you know, give up a few points as well, we can get to that amount. And you know, you know. The incumbent agent is going to lower their commission, along with the underwriter lowering their premium, in order to keep the business. In fact, usually, if the insured takes your quote and gives it to the, their current agent, the current agent doesn't even have to doesn't even have to beat it. They don't even have to to equal it. They just have to get close. You might be fourteen percent less expensive, but the best they can do is get eleven percent less. The insurance is going to say, you know what? That's fine. Three percent, I'm not a big deal. I'm just going to stay with you for three percent. I don't want to have to like remove everything and you know try new service providers and all that kind of stuff. It's just a whole lot easier. Thanks. Let's go ahead and buy in that eleven percent discount. Yep, I've seen it a thousand times. I've seen insurance buyers do it. My clients do it. I've seen insureds do it to me. I've seen them do it to my clients. They might have done it to you hundreds of times we got to try and stop that. So no last look for the incumbent. Now, these three things. You get the carriers that you want. You get a firm percentage from the insured on what you need in order to be guaranteed the business and that there are no last looks. Those three things. If you get those three things, I would say feel free to go through the quoting process. But if you can't get those three things, I would probably tell you don't quote. You're, you're so not going to win this business. Those are the three things that you really need if you want to put yourself in a better position. Otherwise, you're just kind of throwing mud against the wall and hoping for the best, and that's just not a very good strategy. So when you finish with that appointment and you get those three things and you agree to go through the quoting process, when you drive back to your office, you need to email the insured. Tell them, thank you very much, Bob, for meeting with me. I really appreciate it. You know, We uncovered all of these particular problems, and I would highlight those. And then you talked about the solutions that we have, and then you agreed to give me these seven carriers that I want to represent. I appreciate that. I can't wait to work with those seven carriers. You told me that the percentage that I need to to achieve in savings in order to be guaranteed the business is 7%, that if I'm 7% less expensive, you would agree to no longer do business with the incumbent and do business with me. And then finally, on the third thing, we agreed that I won't be receiving the quotes from the other agents and you won't be taking my quote and giving those to the other agents that everybody comes in with their best quotes. Nobody gets a last look. Based upon those things, you know, Bob, I'm really excited to be able to work with you going through this process. Okay? Now, there's a few reasons why you need to do this. One, the insured forgets. I'm not saying the insured lies. Maybe they lie. But I think most of them just forget. They forget what they tell you. No, did we talk about, did we say 7%? I thought, said, I thought we said 14%. I just, I can't remember. I thought I said 20%. I think I said 20%. Yeah, I don't remember saying, you know, 7%. I was just, it's 20. Like, you didn't hit 20. Like, if you don't remind them of that, they're going to forget. They're going to forget. They're going to forget in the moment when their agent says, oh, you got a, you got a cheaper quote? Hey, you know, send that over, Bob. I'll go ahead and see if I can get my underwriter sharpen the pencil and save you some money. I mean, after all, you want the best quote you can get, right? They're going to forget what they said. They're going to forget. They're also going to forget that they gave you those markets. So you need to remind them of that. And by the way, they also forget what they say to who or whom, I don't know what the grammar is on that, but they forget what they say. They might be meeting with their incumbent agent, they've met with you, maybe they're going to meet with another few other agents, and maybe one other, maybe three others, but they just forget what they say to who, they can't remember, they just forget. They might have said something to you, but they say something else to somebody, uh, another agent, and just they forget. So we need to remind them. Now, during the quoting process, you're going to need to send the emails to them and maybe even talk to them on the phone and remind them of those three things as you're going through the process, right? Once you submit to the markets, I would then just remind them, hey, Bob, um, we put together the whole submission. When we met two and a half weeks ago, we got the loss runs. We put together the claim summary. I've sent it out to those seven carriers that you gave to us. These are the seven carriers. Um, Just remember, I'm really working with the underwriters to get to that 7%. Um, uh, 7% savings that you said. If Once I achieve that, I'll be guaranteed the business. And you know what? I can't wait to be able to show you these quotes. Again, you know, please don't send me any quotes from the other agents. Don't send my quotes once you have them to anybody else. Uh, really appreciate what we're going to be able to do for you. I'm looking forward to showing up with my quotes really soon. Got to remind them throughout the process because, again, they forget. They forget. Now, another thing. When you show up with your proposal, this should probably be page number one right this should probably be page number 1 the things that you talk about you know bob back when we met you know 2 months ago when we first sat down we said you know we'll go through the quoting process if we can represent those 7 carriers and i'm happy to tell you that i have quotes from 5 of these 7 Two of them declined because they just felt they weren't going to compete based upon a couple of the exposures. But these were the carriers that you said that I could have exclusive um, access to, and I thank you for that. So I have the quotes that are here. We also talked about that I need to achieve a 7% savings from you in order to be guaranteed the business. That if I'm 7% less expensive with one of these seven carriers, that you said um, that you would no longer do business with your current agent and you would do business with me. And so I'm very excited to be able to go through these quotes because I do believe we have been able to achieve that premium savings, and then the third thing is, is you know, I spent um, myself and my team have spent about 22 hours putting together the quotes and working with the underwriters on all of these uh, these quotes here. And as I mentioned before, you know, it would be wrong to send me the quotes from your current agent and any other uh, agents. I appreciate you not doing that. And you know, as mentioned, you know, you said that you won't sub- give my quotes to any other agents. That nobody's getting a chance to look at anybody else's quotes. Nobody's getting a last look to go back. And refine their numbers. Each person is bringing their quotes up front, and then whoever wins wins. And so based upon that, I'm really excited to be able to go through this proposal with you. Only then would I start going through the numbers. Again, that would be page one. I'm just reminding them about that verbal contract we had. This isn't guaranteeing anything. They can still just say, "You know what? Forget you, I'm going to do what I want." But I don't think most people are like that. I mean, I'd like to think that people are going to try and be ethical and kind about it, but again, it just comes down to positioning where's your stock price if you don't do those things your stock price is low if you do do those things i think your stock price is higher you're much more likely to be awarded the business so do those three things there's nothing wrong with quoting there's just something wrong with being stupid there's something wrong with being foolish there's something wrong with being an amateur you need to be smart you need to be a pro and pros do the work pros position themselves. Pros make sure that they get one the carriers that they want to represent. They get access. The insured says, yes, you can have those seven carriers, for example. The second thing is, is that they actually come up with a firm number. Don't beat around the bush. Don't accept, oh, I just need to save me some money. No, I want to be very clear. What's the dollar amount? If I save you $4,000, is $4,000 the number? If I'm $4,000 less expensive, is that enough for you to no longer do business with them and do business with me or a percentage? The third thing is, is nobody gets last looks. You can't win. You can't win if the incumbent agent gets to go back to his or her underwriter and work down the numbers, maybe even give up some commission if need be in order to retain the business. You just can't win. But if you get those three things, by all means, feel free to quote because you're in a stronger position. The broker of record letter is better, but there ain't nothing wrong with quoting so long as you're strong. My name is Charles Specht. I'm the president and CEO of Permission Network Insurance Agency, where I teach and train insurance agents on how to build a book of business of a million dollars or more through signed broker of record letters. This is the Millionaire Insurance Producer Podcast.